volume one chapter four of the rebel rose by justin mccarthy and rosa campbell pray this librivox recording is in the public domain chapter four mary beaton a bright gleam of interest lighted up mary beaton's eyes when lord stonehenge presented bellarmin she had been hearing a good deal lately of the bold brilliant young political freelance but she had not remembered just at that moment that he was so young and it was with a pleased surprise that she saw the handsome well-shaped well-dressed youth brought to her notice as mr rolfe bellarmin her very first words much more abrupt than ceremonious were sweeter to bellarmin's ear and heart than the most courtly turn of compliment mr rolfe bellarmin i am delighted but i never thought you were so young and you have done so much their eyes met and hers were all brightness and vivacious kindliness he felt his cheeks flush with a strange feeling half modesty half mere delight her frank sweet expression seemed to single him out at once with special interest she held out her hand to him and he bent over it with the deference he would have shown to the princess of a reigning house his instinct at once told him that thus he must meet the free and friendly graciousness of her reception he spoke a few words of gratefulness of gratification that she had heard of him and he addressed her as madame he had heard lord stonehenge do so and he assumed that this was done in recognition of her illustrious birth her claims and her peculiar position and bellarmin did not find that it qualified or compromised his allegiance to the sovereign of england to give to this beautiful interesting and most friendly creature any title which her friends wished to adopt for her and which she was willing to receive mary beaton really felt much interested in him he was young like herself and there was a glance in his eye which spoke of a vivacity somewhat wanting in those who chiefly surrounded her yes i have heard of you she said and of your party of young progressives i like anything fresh and original mr bellarmin and i am afraid she said in a somewhat lower tone that i have a leaning towards anything which is called young she threw a somewhat mischievous glance backward at an elderly lady with a prim face and white hair dressed a la marquise who stood behind her and at the stately soldierly-like old man whom bellarmin had described to lady saxon as her factotum general falcom was gazing at her intently and surprised her glance a sudden gleam shot from his eyes and for a moment transformed his calm severe face giving it an expression of fierceness almost of malignity it was as though he interpreted and resented miss beaton's playful look both mary and bellarmin were struck by this unexpected fire mary laughed lightly now you wouldn't think that general falcon was touchy on the subject of his years she said in a low tone but i assure you he is as vain as my dear lady struthers who will tell you if you ask her why her hair turned gray so prematurely she shook her head in an amused manner at the general who bent his ceremoniously but did not speak all the same mr bellarmin i did not expect to find you so young mary went on it's such a strange thing with all you english statesmen and politicians you were all so old i mean the others are all so old i am told of some one who is said to be a rising politician still quite young and i see a man of forty 
forty-five or fifty perhaps look at lord saxon i always heard of him as a young man and look she shrugged her shoulders with a pretty movement of wonder and protest yes we think lord saxon quite a youthful and rising politician replied bellarmin and then he added with a glance toward lady saxon and the liberal chief who were moving off to the terrace there's sir victor oh tell me about sir victor mary cried eagerly it doesn't seem to matter with him whether he is young or old i've heard and read all kinds of things about him i want to know why he has got the nickname of lucifer it came out of a joke of tommy tressel's answered bellarmin champion was making a speech in one of his most highly wrought moods just a trifle too highly wrought perhaps and he was glorifying his own political career and showing how absolutely consistent it was my mission is to bring light he exclaimed and then tommy tressel was heard to murmur dreamily the one word lucifer so the house laughed and it stuck to champion but i thought mr tressel was a devoted follower of sir victor champions was not that why they cheered sir victor so much just now oh yes but tressel likes to have his fun with champion's little weaknesses all the same he does champion real service he will do anything for him almost and he pays himself with a laugh every now and then another man would expect a baronetcy or a privy councillorship or a place in the administration or a peerage tressel cares for none of these things he considers himself amply repaid by being allowed to make fun of his chief sometimes quite a court jester mary said scornfully well one doesn't altogether despise chico the jester replied bellarmin but tressel is much more than a mere jester he is one of the most disinterested public men i know a man ought to have ambition a high ambition i mean i am attracted by sir victor champion he has a high ambition every one says yet it may be a little wearisome sometimes to those around mary spoke in a different tone as if her mind had been drawn along some new line of thought general falcon has great ambition for me and it wearies me sometimes i think perhaps i should like mr tressel now and then to come and say amusing things and make me laugh her manner touched bellarmin there seemed to him something curiously pathetic in the position of this young girl she must be lonely he thought all her views of life must be strangely colored by the conditions under which she had been brought up he had an odd desire to talk to her about herself to get at what she really felt and thought and hoped for there is lord stonehenge mary said suddenly now he is young but yet he is so grave and serious that i would never dare to approach him with the frivolity of youth i'm afraid you were very much shocked just now lord stonehenge she added turning towards him when i was so near blundering into the very midst of the house of commons not so shocked as mr levin who has an intense reverence for the forms and traditions of the house said lord stonehenge smiling in his grave sweet manner besides you have an ancestral claim madame to a place on certain occasions in another house mary smiled we mustn't bring mr bellarmin into our traitorous schemes i see he is thinking already of tower hill and the block i think nothing would be more delightful than to die on tower hill bellarmin answered that would be dying like a gentleman like a brave loyal englishman of a better time than ours is that the faith of the progressive tories mary asked 
do you speak for your party mr bellarmin or only for yourself you see i have learned something of your political phraseology already meanwhile general falcon and lady struthers who was miss beaton's gouvernante chaperone mistress of the robes or such like anomalous functionary had been communing together madame expressed herself anxious to see the terrace lord stonehenge said lady struthers is the present an appropriate time for madame's wish to be gratified just a moment my good struthers madame said apparently in no impatient anxiety for the terrace i want you to tell me mr bellarmin are there any of your celebrities in the lobby just now lord stonehenge has just been saying that there are not any general falcon observed and lord stonehenge knows everybody on the contrary lord stonehenge gravely interposed i know very few i seldom come here mr bellarmin is ever so much a better guide there is no one i'm afraid said bellarmin miss beaton studied the lobby what a strange-looking venerable old man i never saw a face like his before who is he he is a celebrity surely yes in a sense replied bellarmin he is an odd sort of person that is old clarence greenleaf he has sat for one and the same constituency for fifty-seven years he has never spoken in the house there is a tradition that he once presented a petition he boasts that he has never missed a division the house is his home it is all the world to him he has neither kith nor kin he has never married he knows everybody a little and nobody well he likes to make the acquaintance of any one who is a celebrity or is even talked about he calls himself a liberal but in reality he has no politics i see him looking at you with intense interest i have no doubt he is planning in his mind how he may get presented to you poor old man exclaimed mary to whom the picture seemed a pathetic illustration of the life of the house of commons will you present him may i oh yes if he cares about it he will only be too delighted you may be sure that he knows all about you already bellarmin crossed the lobby and immediately returned with mr greenleaf who came along making a succession of solemn bows and had taken off his hat the moment he first put himself in motion madame has been kind enough to say that she wishes you to be presented to her madame is all graciousness the old man said in a thin reedy voice and again bowing lowly before mary i had the great honour of knowing madame's father he sat for a while in this house before he succeeded madame's honoured grandfather in the title i had the honour of seeing madame herself when madame was a child in the palace of my illustrious friend the late grand duke of schwalbenstadt may i trust that madame will grace and favour us by making a long stay in england which is indeed her country in some sense england i hope is my country in every sense mr greenleaf mary said i was not born here but it is my country it was the country of my ancestors madame cannot claim the country more eagerly than the country claims her and he bent again as he might to a queen on her throne then mary bowed and so to speak dismissed him the old gentleman went away delighted with himself he had contrived to let her know he thought that he understood her position and her claims and without compromising himself had almost given it to be understood that on the whole he rather favoured them than otherwise in his secret heart 
Mary, for her part, was amused. I think Mr. Greenleaf managed his part very prettily, she said. He almost made a profession of true allegiance to me. But I saved him from compromising himself with the Hanoverian people. I stopped him just in time. You have made him very happy, said Bellarmin. He will become quite a figure at every dinner party for the next few weeks on the strength of this interview with you. The young man laughed softly as he spoke, but his laugh had something tender in it and was rather the outcome of that curious compassion he was beginning to feel than of any sense of amusement at the unconscious assumption of the young pretendress. At any rate, she is perfectly sincere, he thought. I am glad she has faith in herself. Miss Beaton's eyes roved round in eager curiosity. Now they looked up at the groined ceiling, now down at the tessellated pavement, and at the inscription in old English letters which surrounded it. "'General Falcon,' she said imperiously, "'why haven't I been here before? I want to go all over the house.' "'It can be very easily arranged, madame,' returned Falcon. "'I am sure that Mr. Levin or Mr. Bellarmine "'are entirely at your service, madame,' put in Bellarmine. "'Would you like to see the library and the reading-rooms now "'before we go on to the terrace?' "'The little party moved along the corridor.' Bellarmine and Mary in front, Falcon closely following them. Mary examined the oak presses as she passed, and looked in at the open doors and asked questions about everything, sometimes turning to Falcon as to her recognized protector, more often to Bellarmine. "'I like this place,' she said. "'It excites me. Watching people and things here is like seeing the heart of England beating. Isn't it so?' "'Yes,' replied Bellarmine, his eyes fixed upon her. "'Here is the heart of a great nation,' Mary went on enthusiastically. "'Here, in Westminster. "'Oh, I, I wish she stopped abruptly. "'What do you wish?' asked Bellarmine. "'Never mind. "'You people who are at the core of it all, "'and who sit here and make the laws, "'don't seem to notice or to care about the wrong "'and misery that are crying at the very doors of this Westminster.' They were about to enter the library, and had just passed the door that leads into the newspaper room and the members' tea room beyond. At the side of this door, the side nearest to the library, stands a desk, beside which members often stop to read letters or to write a hasty note or to confer with somebody. "'Let us not go in just yet,' Bellarmine said. "'I can't take you into the library under these new regulations. Let us stop here a moment. I am anxious to hear you on this subject.' He was really much interested in Miss Beaton's views, and was glad to have a chance of knowing how the condition of things in England impressed her. The little party came to a stand accordingly. "'Oh, I haven't anything to say which can be new to you. I have only my own crude notions. I judge hastily, perhaps, by what I see. Well, for instance, it was only yesterday we walked about some of your streets, General Falcon and I.' I like to go about among the people in that way, for how could I do any good if I did not know? We had a friend with us, a lady who is interested in that work, and we went into some alleys and houses. Oh, Mr. Bellarmine, Mary stopped short and clasped her hands excitedly. Well, he said, it chills me to the marrow. It makes my blood freeze to see these hideous contrasts, this terrible poverty, that lavish wealth. It's like death behind a carnival mask haunting one everywhere. When one is driving in the street in the park, when one is going into smart parties, 
oh do you remember the face of that man last night she turned to general falcon and then again to bellarmin a man was trying to sleep as he cowered in the doorstep of a fine house and the woman the girl the child who was trying to get coppers by sweeping a crossing oh what sights for a christian country thank god that i am not really queen of england no though i wish i were i wish i were queen of england only for one day as somebody was caliph of baghdad or wherever it was i would do something for the poor i would do something too for the rich for while things go on as they are in england look you she said sinking her voice to a low grave tone these rich cannot enter the kingdom of heaven what can they do they can't help being rich falcon said abruptly no can't they can't help being rich and people as good as they starving in thousands all round them at their gates on their doorsteps and they can't help being rich she cried in her childish way the tears starting to her eyes i feel sometimes when i am sitting down to my good dinner when i am putting on my jewels as if i were the most cruel and heartless girl who had ever lived and i can do so little they will let me do so little i think to myself how it will be with me when i stand up before the judgment seat shall i be asked how much have you or how much have you given away it is quite true said lady struthers in an aside to lord stonehenge the misery in london preys upon her frightfully she gives away all that she can she would have sold her jewels if it had not been represented to her that they were heirlooms bellarmin heard the aside mary had moved to another table he followed her but money given away in thoughtless charity does no good to anyone the giver or the receiver he said thoughtless charity no but could true charity ever be thoughtless and see what you have made of it what they have made of it whoever they are who are always preaching against thoughtless charity yes and practising very faithfully against it i haven't the slightest doubt what have they made of things and of life here in england here in london could any thoughtless charity make a worse hand of it can you get me to believe that the condition of things is right and satisfactory in which one woman spends a thousand pounds in flowers for a single ball the show and pleasure of one night and another just as good as she gets three halfpennies yes they told me it is so three halfpennies a penny and a half for making a shirt end of volume one chapter four